Amen. Let's turn to the book of Judges. The book of Judges chapter 13. And we're going to read there, Judges chapter 13. Amen, amen. It was a blessing uh, to see people, many people this morning. Um, um, and this is quite, kind of like a follow-on from this morning. So this morning we spoke and the sermon title was, What's Your Name? Um, and we understand that names give an identity uh, um, and it's to do with one's character, uh, what's your name? And uh, I want to follow on from that this morning uh, or follow on from that this evening and, and preach a sermon of entitled, uh, what's his name? Come on now. We understand the importance of names. We understand the importance of what it means to carry a name. So we're going to carry that on and the importance of understanding his name. So the names of God, we can go through scripture. There's many names you could name God. He reveals himself by many different names. And there are some popular names that we know uh, uh, what it means, and it, is, it, it shows part of God's character. We understand Jehovah Jireh. Come on, now, who knows what Jehovah Jireh means? Come on, God the provider. Come on, that's it. Jehovah Jireh, God the provider. We see Jehovah Nisi. Come on, who knows what that one means? The Lord is my banner. Come on, I'm working through a song now. Come on, Jehovah Shalom. Who knows this one? Come on now. Uh, the Lord is peace. Uh, we understand the names of that. El Shaddai, another one. God the Almighty. Uh, El Elyon, I love this one. God the Most High, the highest in rank, uh, the highest in authority. Uh, there are many other names uh, we have in Scripture. Many names because God actually wants to reveal himself. God wants to reveal himself and it shows the characters he has uh, as God uh, wants to show his children just who he is and what kind of character he has. But we have to understand there is also another side to God because we understand what God says through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways. Your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Even understanding these names we've just mentioned, we're never going to begin or we're never going to understand God in, in, in his entirety. These names we understand, we're just not even beginning to scratch the surface because the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, you and I will never be able to fully comprehend. That's why all the names in the Bible, everything you find, all the names that God identifies himself and reveals himself, the scripture we're going to read is my favorite idea about the name of God because I think this one captures or encapsulates God in the full right here. We're going to read from Judges 13 and we're going to read about Samson's parents. Samson's parents. We have the story of a man named Manoah and his wife who couldn't have any children. They were barren. But after a while, the angel of the Lord met with them and said, you're going to have a son and gave, him, gave them a list of things that he's going to do and things that they need to do. You're going to have a son. The angel of the Lord met with his wife first of all. And then this man, Manoah, prayed saying, God, let this person come down again so that I can get this word and I can see. And this is what we're going to pick it up here in verse number 17 of our text. The Bible says, then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? 
that when your word comes to pass, that we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, this is what I love. He says, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock of, uh, to the Lord. And he did a wondrous or a wonderful thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up towards heaven from the altar. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And when Manoah, his wife, saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have not accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands. Now would he have shown us, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these as to come. I want to look first at the wonderful name. You see, the word wonderful, we understand the word wonderful to mean extremely good or, or marvelous or amazing here. But the root word, the Hebrew word used here, when Manoah asked him, what is your name? He's saying, why are you asking my name, seeing that it is wonderful? The root word behind this is actually incomprehensible or extraordinary. In other words, he's saying, listen, my name is too much for you to handle. Right? You, you can't begin to comprehend my name in its entirety. You can't begin to understand exactly. It's too much for you to bear. It's too much for you to handle. Look at Romans 11, verse number 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You know, I find it funny that people spend their lives trying to understand God fully. Listen, you are not going to be able to do that. The minute you do that, you reduce God onto our level. Can you say amen in this place? We have to come to terms and an understanding that God is in a league of his own. There is no full comprehension of God. That's why I love this idea of God's name being wonderful. In other words, you won't be able to comprehend who I am. You know, the third commandment found in Exodus 20 and 7 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Why? Because it's so marvelous and so wonderful that we can't just use it willy-nilly like that. Come on now. We can't understand it fully. That We can't just throw his name out there, use his name like a cuss word. People stub their toe and they use his name out there. At the workplace, people are just saying all sorts of things. They're saying things that they have no understanding or no comprehension about because his name is wonderful. God wants to reveal himself to his children and we get the revelation through those names we spoke about, but we will never get to a point where we fully comprehend the almighty God. We'll never get to that point where we fully understand. I find it interesting. Manoah saw this. He heard the word of God, but he still asked him his name. Why did Manoah ask him his name? You know, there's an ancient belief that if you knew the name of a god or a deity, if you knew their name, you could say their name and they had to appear and had to do what you asked them to do. 
So in that kind of time, what he was trying to do, he was trying to find out, okay, I see this is a divine being right now. Let me ask the name so that when I'm in trouble, I can just call on that name and he'll do, he'll come at my, my bidding. In other, in other words, I want to control this deity. I want to be in control. I want to have uh, the control so that I know what's going on. And we're not going to be able to be in control because how many know God is the one that's in complete control? Can you say amen in this place? There's some things that we're not going to be able to control in life. And there's some things people would do well to say, you know what, I'm just going to leave that with God. We're going to have to come to a place where you're going to have to know that some of the why questions you have in life, you are not going to be able to answer. Listen, I've come to, to, a, to a place in my life, I know I've not been pastoring that long, but I've come to a place in my life as a pastor in this privileged position I have as a pastor of this church. And there's going to be some questions I'm not going to be able to answer for you. And, you. and I'm okay with that. And you have to be okay with that too. There's some questions that you're going to ask, why this, why that, why did that have to happen this way, why did it have to happen that way, why now, why me? There's some of those questions you are not going to be able to answer, but you have to come to a place to be okay with that, because sometimes we complain about things that don't work out as we expected, as if we know how things should work. We go through things and we, we get like sidetracked or, or we get saddened or, or even depressed because things have not worked out how I've expected. But we are elevating ourselves as if we know how things should work. Come on, we wasn't around when this universe was created. We wasn't around when God started to put things in motion. You know, one of the books I'm reading at the moment in my devotion is Job. Now, Job is a fantastic book to read. It starts off at the very beginning. We understand the spiritual aspect where the devil comes, Satan comes to talk about. Uh, uh, he's been walking around the face of the earth. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? And he goes and says, he only serves you because you have a hedge around him and so on. We know the story. And then Satan is given permission to go and torment this man. And Job is going through a whole load of heartache. He loses, in, an, in a day, he loses his family. He loses his wealth. He loses his children, his marriage. Marriage is on the rocks. He starts to lose his health after a while. And as we see at the beginning of Job, in Job chapter 1, verse number 21, he says these words. He says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He started off understanding, listen, this is far above my pay grade. I'm not even going to question this. I'm just going to say, listen, blessed be the name of the Lord. But after a while, time started setting in and his friends came in, started telling him about himself, saying that you're this, you're that. And after a while, Job started asking questions. And he said, listen, I want to speak to God saying, why is this? Why was I even born? Just speak to God. He started going on that path of asking those why questions. And I love the Lord's response we see in Job 38. First number two, it says, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? In other words, who are you to be asking questions you have no reason to be asking? Verse number three, he says, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. He says, were you, or where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. And if you carry on reading for the next four chapters, God is questioning him like this. Was you here when I did this? Was you here when I laid down this? I told the seas to stop here. And he's questioning him. And then he realizes in Job 42 and verse number three, then Job says, listen, I've uttered what I did not understand. 
things too wonderful for me which I did not know. See, Job understood something saying, listen, this is far above what I can even understand. This is far too wonderful for me to even understand. And in our text, Manoah asked for his name and the Lord's response was, why do you ask me my name? This was a similar response to when Jacob was wrestling with God and asked the name. And again, he says in Genesis 32, 29, he says, why is it that you've asked about my name? In other words, listen, you're trying to find out if you can trust me. You're trying to find out if I'm like one of your friends. Come on now. You're trying to find out as if I'm going to do you wrong, just like people have done you wrong. He's saying, why are you asking my name? It's too much for you to handle. Don't worry about that. His name is wonderful. That's why this is the, my favorite idea about God's name. Listen, I can say he's this, he's that. But in essence, God is too wonderful for me to understand. God is incomprehensible. God is too large for me to try and reduce him down into some sort of description. God is too large for me to try and bring him down to my level. God's name is wonderful. Who agrees with me in this place right now? I want to look secondly about wonderful works. See, the word wonderful, if we just flip it on its head, it's full of wonder. Full of wonder. God is better than our understanding. We may say that God is good, God is this, but he is better than our understanding. And this is a blessing because if things only worked with our understanding, then we would be in some danger. Because we get ourselves into situations and the only way that that this will work out is if we serve a God who is wonderful. We get ourselves into situations that don't make sense. But the only way we can come out from that is because we serve a God who is larger, who is bigger. The wonderful will of God, I find fascinating and can continue on. God can make good things come out of pain. God can make blessing come out of trouble. God can make victory come out of attack. No matter what people do, no matter what the devil does, his will will still be accomplished. I find it fascinating that you can try and put roadblocks in front of God and God can just circumnavigate that and make that roadblock something beautiful. God can use a terrible situation and somehow re-put it together, reposition it and it becomes a fantastic situation. I love the story of Joseph in the Bible. He's one of my superheroes in the Bible. We know the story of how he has a dream and then he finds himself in the, in the hands of his brothers who are jealous of him. They do all sorts to him, sell him in slavery. He ends up in prison and it all turns out bad for him. But when he finally meets his brothers years later, he says this in Genesis 50 and 20. He says, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. With all the nonsense that people try and put in the way of God, he is able to still move and make his will come about because he is wonderful. See, we serve a God that we cannot comprehend. And I love it in Ephesians 3 where it says that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we give and ask or even think. We may think that, oh, we need this, but he has so much larger uh, or bigger destiny, a bigger plan for us. Our plans and our uh, plans for ourselves are small compared to what God has for us. We cannot comprehend. He is better than we can even think because we can't comprehend him in the beginning. 
I could ask people saying, who knows how, God, how good God is? Well, really, none of us know how good God is because our understanding of good is limited. Our understanding of how good is stops here at our human level. He goes exceedingly above, above that. And I love it in 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 9. The Bible says, I has not seen nor ear has heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, we need to come to that. The reason I'm talking about the name of God being wonderful, the reason I'm talking about the name of God being incomprehensible is because when we go through things, we try and reason with our human understanding. And we need to understand that God works outside of our understanding. Come on, we need to understand that when we go through things, listen, we can be okay because we serve a God who is wonderful. Come on, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I don't need to know because I serve a God who is wonderful. Come on, can you make some sense in this place right now? Come on, we need to understand the things that happen to us in life. Listen, we try and work out, okay, did this happen because of that, uh, because of this, maybe because I said this, this happened. No, we have to understand that uh, Romans 8, 28 says all things work together for good. All things work together for good because we serve a wonderful God. We serve a God that we're not able to comprehend. Many times we spend time trying to reduce God and trying to bring him to a level to where we can understand. But if we understand God, he will cease to be God. I want to look finally at our last point here, wonderful worship. What should our response be to a God who is wonderful? In our text, he's saying, why do you ask me my name? seeing it is wonderful. In verse number 19 in our text, it says, So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock of the Lord. And he, this is the Lord, did a wonderful thing in the sight of Manoah. And I find it interesting that when they did that, they fell on their face and worshipped God. Manoah so much so that he said, Listen, we've seen God. We're about to die. We've seen God face to face. We're about to die. The first thing we should do, the first thing we understand, when we understand how wonderful God is, the first thing we need to do is surrender. And when we surrender, what that means is letting go of our small little tiny plans for our life and accept the huge and wonderful plan that God has for us. Come on, we need to let go of, of the small plans, the small ideas we have for our life, the, the career path we have for our life, the, 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 the steps, the ambition we have. Let go of that and allow God to enact his wonderful plan in our life. And we don't have to understand it. We just have to have faith to believe that he is who he said he is. We need to surrender. The second thing we need to do is obey. And the thing is, obedience has to be even when we don't understand the reason we're doing certain things. We have to come to a level of obedience to say, I'm going to obey. It doesn't really quite make sense why I'm doing this, but I'm going to obey anyway. Because God, you are high. You see things how I don't see things. So I'm going to obey. And the last thing we need to do is trust. We serve a wonderful God who can work in spite of people or situations or cultures. We serve a God that can circumnavigate things that come our way to try and hinder us. We need to trust trust the process that God is taking us on and allow him to be God. And many times in our lives, in our Christian walk, sometimes, I don't know, you know, we get a bit prideful and we see how things are working out. And there comes a thought or there may have come a thought in your head saying, you know what? 
I probably wouldn't have done it this way. You know, maybe it would have been better if this would have happened this way. Maybe it would have, God bless you, thank you, sweetheart. Maybe it would have been blesser. Maybe it would have been better if something would have happened this way. But how many know, listen, we, can, uh, we can't even see the next five minutes, let alone the next year, the next two years. But God sees the end from the beginning. He knows everything. So we need to be able to have enough trust to say, God, I recognize that you are great and almighty. There is nothing that I can do. that I can't comprehend what we're going to do. You're name is so wonderful. I'm not even going to try and understand. All I'm going to do is surrender, obey, and trust you have the best interest in heart. My favorite name for God is wonderful because I can't comprehend. I can't fathom. You know, as we come and we see some of the, the superheroes of our faith, we look at the word of God, we see where God took them from. And we see how God washed them clean. We see how God gave them a new beginning. I spoke about giving people a new name this morning. How God is able to take a situation and transform it. And now what, meant, what was meant for evil is now meant for good. I can't understand how God is able to continue on a continual basis. Do that every single day. Oh, he is wonderful. We need to serve God with that in our mind. That we're serving a God full of wonder. So when we come to worship God, when we throw our hands up in our praise and worship, it's because we serve a God that is wonderful and we can't comprehend how wonderful He is. We need to come to that realization the next time you're facing an issue, the next time you're facing a problem, as long as God is on His throne, oh, we can sleep at night because He is wonderful. He has the keys to destiny, the keys to eternity in His hand. God is so wonderful. My favorite name for God is wonderful. I love it in Isaiah when he says, A child unto us, a child is born. Oh, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Oh, Counselor, oh, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Wonderful names, but the first one that came first was Wonderful. We need to serve God. Remembering that he is wonderful. Because how many know there's situations in life that are not so wonderful? <laughs> there's things that we go through in life that makes us wonder, why did this have to happen? But I want to stop asking the question why. I, you know, you can look through the Bible. Anyone that's asked the question why before never got an answer from God. And I believe that not because God likes to be rude or anything like that. It's because we won't be able to handle the answer. We are mere human beings. We won't be able to handle that. We won't be able to comprehend it. So there's things we're going to have to leave to God. And if we leave it to God, that is the best place to leave it. Can you say amen in this place? I want us to leave this place knowing that the name of God is wonderful. And we won't be able to comprehend all that he is doing all that and he will do in this place. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. His name is wonderful.